Hey guys, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Marriott, and we're coming to you from the second most windiest city in the world, Perth, Western Australia. Today's guest is a real interesting guy and a podcast I personally have been really looking forward to. Um, he's got an incredible story that uh, to stay connected to his twin brother, he went on a long and personal journey to seek enlightenment and taking some very obscure and dangerous paths to reach it. I'd like to welcome to the show, James Colson. Welcome to the show, James. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeremy. How are you going? Not, not too bad. So um, I know a little bit about uh, what you do. Um, if you want to just, you know, just give us a quick brief overview to our, to our listeners. Yeah, for sure. I'm in brand development and website development. I've been in the industry for 17 years. I started it with my twin brother in a garage and now we have a team of eight and uh, we have our own studio on the Gold Coast. Uh, still absolutely love what I do. I love helping uh, customers, uh, clients and businesses grow and um, communicate their message to their ideal target audience. That's pretty much what we do. And yeah, it gets me out of bed every day and I absolutely love it. I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. So, yeah. And, uh, and how did you find, how did you find your purpose? Um, I'm one of those annoying people that always knew what I wanted to do at school. Oh, um, I used to hate you guys. I know. Well, actually, I'll, until about 10, I think I wanted to be a lighthouse keeper before then. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it would have been some children's book or something. Probably. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mum picked up, mum and dad picked up that we could draw very early on. And um, when we were born in England and we came out here when we were seven, but mum and dad got us into art classes straight away. They honed our skills. We, um, I did that after hours after school. I did it on weekends. Uh, really got into drawing, painting and uh, yeah, creative. Creative just is in my blood. I just like, I have to be creative on the move all the time. Um, and obviously being a kid, uh, computer, computer games and technology was always high on the list of things. Mm-hmm. So my brother and I used to play Game Boys and uh, just com- computer consoles, loved them. Uh, absolutely loved it. I think we had a Mega 500 as well um, back in the day. So, wow. you know, I'm, I'm 40 now. So yeah, this is a long time ago. Um, and then obviously the, it's kind of like a, um, there was a part of me that wants to be an architect at one point. Cause I love, I just love design, whether it's interior design, architectural design, but the, the computers and the art together, I just thought let's get into graphic design. That's just, it seems like a really good fit. So, um, got into that and never looked back. I just, yeah, like, an, um, what do you, yeah, it was really, really great transition from paintbrush and pencil to a computer mm. mouse. So. Mm. Mm. you're saying you've got a twin brother now there's something you're not regular twins are you uh, define regular well you know <laughs> like you've got identical twins now i know you, you and your brother look very much alike but you're not identical twins uh, yeah so um apparently we're semi-identical which um to give you a little bit of a rundown what that means identical twins is one sperm one egg that splits Mm-hmm. Um, your, your fraternal or your paternal are like two eggs fertilized by different sperm at the same time. The semi-identical is one sperm, sorry, uh, sorry, two sperm and one egg. So two sperm hit the egg and it splits. So you've got two different sperm, but the one egg. So we essentially look very much like identical, but not quite mm-hmm. um, because we share different male genes. So yeah, we're a little bit, personalities are quite different, but yeah, we're, um, 
we're not identical, but we kind of look it. So, hmm. so running running a, a successful business like you are, what what are you doing to to maintain your self care on, on a personal note? Because I know myself, the stress levels can can come and tumbling over the the and overfill your cup. What what are you self What are you yourself doing to manage that? Man, I had a, um, I'm quite an anxious person by just naturally. I'm a worrier. I always worry about things. And uh, I think when I was in my early 20s, 21, 22, I worked at a fast food franchise. Will not name the name, but uh, I was there for eight or nine years. And wow. I, was, I was there for a long time. I was, got into management and um, look, I hate fast food now. I think it's the worst thing that's ever happened to the planet. Um, the way they treat animals, cruelty. So just a little disclaimer there. Um, but it did give me the skills to manage and run teams and uh, culture and things like that, which gave me some really great foundations to where I am now. But I also got under a lot of stress. And uh, um, there was a point where I was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks and um, I had no idea what was going on. And uh, it was like a vicious circle. I would have a panic attack and then I'd worry about having the panic attack. And I was in this like, mm. uh, you know, this circle of, <laughs> like of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was it was like full on. And for someone so young, 22, 23, I was just um, totally just, yeah, pushing myself. And um, cause I'm a, I'm a real doer. Like I love to do things. I love just being busy and getting shit done. And um, yeah, it was it, in the end, it really got me. And um, I ended up getting some help cause I was young then. I didn't really have the tools to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a doctor and I got some anti-anxiety t- uh, tablets and it broke, it broke that cycle. And my mum, like my mum and dad, especially my mum is like, don't ever get onto um, antidepressants. Don't ever do any of this medication. Never get, you know, treat the cause, not the symptoms, like big on that. So she's like, never, ever take them. But I took them. And um, what it did for me is I, with that mentality that my mum embedded in me is like, don't get, don't use these as a crutch. Don't get addicted to this stuff. Um, So for me, it broke that cycle of worrying because now I had, I could fix it if I wanted to. So it stopped me worrying about being broken and getting caught up in that loop. Um, And then once I, once I broke that pattern, I could then work on tools to um, regulate myself. And yeah, I, um, I did, I used to just a gym. I did a lot of gym, weight, weight training, a lot of weight training, a lot of gym. I did karate in my early days at school for two years. um, But I gave that up uh, and just concentrated on looking, you know, like I'm a gold coast guy. So (laughs) you got to look, you got to look big and, uh, muscly and, and you know, have it. Yeah, exactly uh we live in a pretty pretentious world here on the gold coast so going through those uh teenage years was um just something that really you know i also got bullied a lot at school so i felt like getting bigger um, and stronger would be less of a target for bullies mm. i guess that was my my mentality around high school um which leads me to today and i today i've uh, been on a very spiritual path over the last 10 years and I found meditation and I found yoga and I found Tai Chi, Qigong. Um, I do Kung Fu. Uh, so I found a lot of things now that um, really regulate myself and also breathing. Uh, uh, one of my mentors recently said to me, if you can control your breath, you can control your life. And uh, it, it takes a lot of understanding what that means because uh, your breath is so powerful. It's one of the only things we can control, but it's also automatic but if you can control your breath you can control your whole inner experience and your whole um health and uh, yeah it's it's very very powerful the breath so 
I'm yeah. still kind of processing what that actually means, but um, it's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Control your breath, control your life. Um, so that's how I regulate now. Um, and I've, I still get anxious, but I have the tools and it's just about understanding yourself better and understanding um, when you get to that point of, okay, I need to, I actually need to um, shut down. So I do, I do um, yoga and stretching every single morning for half an hour. I do meditation, Vedic meditation. I've tried lots of modalities. I've landed on Vedic because it's quick and easy to use um, and very practical for my lifestyle. So I meditate for 20 minutes a day with um, uh, the Vedic meditation practice. And then I'll take my dog for a walk every morning, get out in nature um, every day. And I do that every day. So discipline is really important. And then I do Kung Fu at night, probably about three or four times a week. And that helps me get some of that energy out, you know, that aggressive, oh, mm. I just want to... You know, yoga is great for the yin or the yang of it. I think it's the yin. It's like the real soft um, breathing and, you know, relaxing. But sometimes you just need, well, I find it a really complimentary to let out that power and that aggression. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. So so my morning routine, which is, is only quite new, is I'm up at 4.30. <clears throat> I do qigong as soon as I get up. Then I'm, then I'm uh, exercising. And then cold shower, you know, yeah. and uh, that's taken some getting used to. <laughs> I've tried the cold shower. I, I find I can, uh, I can, I, I like to go in warm and then when I'm getting out, I'll go, I'll just put it cold for a minute. Just to, <laughs> so nah, I, in cold. <laughs> my wife comes in and she's like, haven't you gotten the shower yet? And I'm standing there psyching yeah, myself bet. up to get into this freezing cold water. But it's, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. It's made a massive difference just having morning routine. And everyone I've been speaking to who who's, um, has some modicum of success, you know, um, by today's society standards, all have a morning routine. And it all involves yeah. some type of meditation, even if it's like moving meditation like yoga or, 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 or something like that. It, it's so important. It sets the tone for the day and it sets the... Um, I find I'm less reactive and I'm more... Uh, you know, just everything's more intentional and I don't, uh, like, I, I, I don't think I ever lose my temper. I'm very cool, calm, collective most of the day. And, um, and I'm busy and I'm in and out of meetings all day and do, doing a lot of strategy and stuff. So, um, to maintain that energy and, um, that the levels of awareness around how you're showing up for your team, especially, yeah. and, uh, for your clients is really important to, um, you know, to be the best version of yourself. So, so what made you, what, what was your change point that you went, you know, I'm going to go and better myself. What, what everyone has, it's like an, either like a near death experience or, or something that makes you have this self realization. Like I've got to change. What I'm doing. Yeah. It's been a journey, man. Um, I don't think it, ha well, okay. I can tell you the first experience I had, which made me go, what is this about? Um, mm. I would, I would say I was agnostic uh, most of my life. I tried religions when I was younger and for me, it felt very, I'm not really going to get into religion, but it, for me, for me, it didn't work. It felt dogmatic. It felt um, uh, corrupt. It didn't feel right. There was something really off about it. And yep. so I never really got into religion, but I always felt that there was something bigger and something going on. I always had this connection to something bigger. And I think we all do deep down. Um, and look, I think religions all point to something amazing and beautiful mm all of them point to that, to that um, love that, that is the, above all religions, that yep. thing. Um, but I just think it gets lost. It, it just, 
people get lost on the journey and um, it's a good yeah. idea until man gets involved involved <laughs> yeah right it is so i i was and i'll tell you this story I don't and when i when this first happened to me i was so embarrassed i wouldn't tell anyone um about this story because it was like people are going to think i'm a bloody weirdo if i tell them this story so i was very careful who i told but okay. it changed my it changed my life when this happened i had a client and he used to come in all the time he was a chocolate maker um and he used to be a real talker and he'd had a he'd had a bit of a breakdown himself and he was going through a divorce and all these other things he was starting to do some weird stuff and one of those was um the what was the law of attraction or something he, he gave me some cds back in the day to listen to okay. this would have been this would have been when i was 25 or 26 it's pretty early on um it was when I, was, I used to DJ with my brother too. So in those days, I was um, enjoying life, I guess you'd say. Anyway, was, it, comes was, it, was it Euro trance that you were DJing? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I always, yeah, I, look, I appreciate the, most music. <laughs> you're the same age as me. So I know Euro trance was a big thing like in the late 90s. Yeah, uh, look, we DJed a little bit later. So I, I was always been a little bit more alternative and not commercial. I liked indie, indie uh, new disco, we used to call it. Uh, I love the throwbacks to the old music as well. What was um, your DJ name? Ambidex. <laughs> Ambidex. And, and your brother's name? No, we were both Ambidex together. Oh, okay. Like, so you, you're like <laughs> one entity. Yes. So it's like Ambidextrous, you know, uh, but we played decks together. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. So anyway, anyway, this guy, he comes around and he starts talking, right? He starts talking. Phil and I, uh, this is a probably, we were still working in the garage by then. And um, Phil had his back to me and I was working on one side of the office. He was working the other. And we were busy, man. I never worked so hard in my life um, starting our business. It was fucking intense. Uh, took in 12, 14 hour days. And I've got this customer coming in, wanting to talk. And he's not picking up the vibe that, hey, man, we're busy. Yeah. I've done your shit. Like, Let's, can you leave us alone so we can get some work done? So I'm sort of listening to him. He's, in, he's on, a, on like an um, office chair, like wheeling around. He's like probably about three meters away from me. And he goes, he starts talking about his trip around America. And then he starts talking about something. And as he said it, I had this rush of energy um, come from the bottom of my feet through my whole entire body. Like it was vibrating on this... Um, intense, like beautiful energy. Just, I was just like shining. It felt like, um, it, like just energy. It just felt like this, my whole body filled with love energy. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's not like nothing I've ever felt before, man. I like nothing I've ever felt before. And I literally stopped what I was doing at my computer and I pushed myself away from my desk. And I said to my mate, I said, what was that? And I turned around to look at my brother and he had stopped what he was doing. And he goes, what the fuck was that? And we both had this thing happen, this experience. And I'm like, and the guy's name's Steve. I said, Steve, like what, like what happened? He goes, he literally said these words. Oh, you're feeling it now because I'm getting goosebumps. And as he was saying those words, my whole body just lit up again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then I just asked him, I'm like, what the hell? Because I'm a very logical person and I would say I'm a very experiential learner. So unless it happens to me, I will not believe it. I need, like, I've got a very open mind, but I won't believe it unless it happens to me. And um, this, this, this happened. And I'm like, I, I was discrediting it completely. I'm like, what has Steve done? Um, he left, he basically said to me, he goes, I quietened your mind 
and you were in the and you became present. That's basically what he said. So I'm like, what does that even mean? He goes, read this book, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He said, read this book and it should give you some answers to what you experience that being in the present moment. But, um, so I'm like, okay, thanks, Steve. And I, to be honest, I still wasn't taking him that seriously until that, that happened. And um, he left. And I, the first thing I did was Google to try and get an explanation into what happened. I rang, I rang people. I, rang, I even rang a hypnotist and I said, excuse me, can I be hypnotized from across the room uh, with words, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, um, by the sounds of it, you couldn't have been hypnotized by what, what happened, especially if you and Phil were both doing it. So I was looking for answers everywhere to about this thing. And um, I read The Power of Now. And as I was reading this book, I got to the point where Eckhart was having his ex first experience and it took me, my whole body lit up again. I'm like, fuck, like um, he's unlocked something in me. He's unlocked something. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I can, I can be present now through what he's, and that, to be honest, that slowly dissipated over about three months. Um, I became less and less aware and, uh, and conscious and it kind of drifted away. And I probably would put that down to alcohol or something like that, like um, bringing my vibration down again. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was still enjoying life. He'd opened my mind and it had, it was planted the seed for what was to come over the next few years. But um, I wasn't ready to embrace spirituality or the universe. Um, I, I wanted to, but it was like, I'm enjoying life. Like I don't, it's something I'm, I don't, I can't take seriously right now. Yeah. I, I'm here to enjoy, enjoy the experience I'm enjoying right now. And, but I've, my mind's been opened and, um, yeah, I mean, I've, across the last 10 years, I've done all sorts of things like, um, you know, psychedelics such as, uh, LSD, psilocybin, um, DMT, uh, ayahuasca. I went to Peru, did ayahuasca for 10 days in the Amazon. I've done lots of shamanic rituals. I, I take, um, these things very seriously. It's not something I play with. It is something I, uh, anything to do with consciousness or spirituality or psychedelics, uh, I, I take them extremely seriously. And, um, and I, yeah, I've experimented a lot with shamans and, and trying to understand. And the reason this even happened, and I don't know, I think you already know, cause I've told you already, but, um, you hear about those guys that go to a bloody festival and, um, they take acid and get enlightened. Well, mm -hmm. that happened to my, that happened to my twin brother and, um, it took me, <clears throat> he changed completely from that experience and um, I lost but, kind of connection with, with him. Oh, really? Not for the better. Or he, he uh, grew, and didn't. he grew, he grew like this wise, compassionate, beautiful human who I didn't, he was, he, I wouldn't say he was selfish before or self-centered, but um, I think we all are at that age, but something clicked in him and he was, he became like a spiritual man, like in an instant, it was, I've never said he was so kind and compassionate and uh, let like was so busy worrying about everyone else's feelings and how he was like, it was just life changing for him. Yeah. And he, he, the, the stories he told from his experience, um, I couldn't grasp. I couldn't understand as much as I tried. I could not understand what he was talking about. And I'm just going, mate, you're just tripping. You were just tripping on acid. Like, of course you saw these things. And he's like, James, it was not, it was bigger. It was something else. Um, and I later found out he had a death of ego experience on LSD. Um, but for the next five years after that, uh, we were reading, I was reading all these books. I was even wearing bloody crystals at one point um, and trying to understand, like getting into Ram Dass, uh, who's one of, honestly one of my biggest 
spiritual teachers that I, I have um, got involved with over my, my journey. Ram Das, uh, who was we reading as well? Um, if you could just, if I just hold you up there for a second, if you could uh, yeah. explain to everyone listening <clears throat> the, the, the meaning of, of, of death of ego. Ego death. Ego death is complete surrender. Um, I would say it is, just, is pretty much the same as a near-death experience um, or an NDE. You, um, the psychedelics uh, basically take you to a point, with my brother, it took him to a point of despair. And his only way through that despair was to surrender. And he surrendered so much that he died, like he surrendered to this reality. And uh, basically, um, I, know th- I know this sounds all really, really weird to some people, um, but he, yeah, he transcended uh, because he surrendered. So the more he surrendered, the more he transcended. Um, and psychedelics, when you listen to people like Ram Dass and all of these, uh, psych- they call them psychonauts, but all these really amazing spiritual teachers from the past and still going on now with like Timothy Leary and um, uh, who else? There's lots of, like, Ram Dass is my favourite, but there's lots of people that have experimented in this space. Um, uh, and to experience it, and it took me five years to discover this. I did Vipassana's, which is a 10 day meditation retreat, but there's no speaking, there's no eye contact. You're just meditating 10 hours a day. Uh, I tried all these things to reconnect with my brother. I even went to the Amazon in Peru and we did ayahuasca for 10 days. Um, and I had so many amazing experiences, but i never had a death of ego. And I still could not, I, I, had a, I, had, I had a glimpse at what Phil was trying to explain to me, what he experienced, but it, I didn't have the full picture. So um, it wasn't until I had this um, medicine called SAPO, S-A-P-O, and it was a toad, it's a toad medicine that you, you smoke. And it's, a, it's called the Sonorian Desert Toad, and it's from Colorado in America. Um, it's an ancient, ancient um, shamanic ritual. And I did this uh, SAPO. And when I did this, I had my death of ego experience. And it was the, one of the single most defining moments of my life date um i will never be the same again after that experience and i can now connect with my brother and understand exactly what he's saying on this it's like this deep deep level of truth and understanding that um that i can't explain and it's it's so like it's actually impossible to really explain because it's it's of the divine nature and you can't kind of put it into words because it doesn't it's not of this physical form so uh, the best thing I can experience was oneness and uh, infinite love and connection. And um, yeah, I experienced the infinite and the, it was um, I, when I came out of that and it was, it was one of the most um, intense experiences I've seen people do. There was only five of us there in this shamanic um, circle that we had uh, and seeing people have, have this medicine was like, have, like when I did ayahuasca, you completely relax and you're just laying down and some people purge. I never purged on ayahuasca, but some people are, be sick and they purge. But um, I was always told to surrender to the experience and don't fight it. And if you go into an ayahuasca ceremony with the intention not to fight the experience, your body um, it becomes kind of your experience of not to fight it. And it worked for me. I never um, threw up once during my experiences, all five or six of them. Um, but this one is completely different. This one looks like an exorcism. Um, your body goes into spasms and uh, like it's, it's disgust, like an exorcism. So just imagine what that looks like. It's horrible. Um, so to, to see people doing that and then go, oh, I'll go next. It's like, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. It was like, for me, it's like, I am, 
I, I said to Bill, what have we got ourselves into here, Bill? I'm like, this, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. There's absolutely no way. Um, and they were like drooling and their eyes are like, and I'm like, fuck man, I'm just, I'm not down for this. This is scary. This is, it's the most confronting thing I have ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I went, and I, I think I ended, up, I ended up doing it, but I went after this dude and I said, hey mate, like, um, I've done DMT, I've done all this, I've done pretty much everything you can think of um, and experimented with everything. I'm very familiar with that space. I love that space. Um, it connects me to something greater and I'm pretty comfortable there. I said, but what you just did, that scares the shit out of me. And I said, um, and like moments before, he was 20 metres away yelling into the forest, like going, ah! And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like in this weird episode of Twilight Zone. Um, but I said to him, I, I said, mate, I said, look on... I don't think I'm going to do this. I said, what was it like? And he goes, don't worry about what you see here. He said, um, when you're, uh, when you, when you smoke, when you have that toad, when you have the medicine, he goes, your, your, your consciousness is not here. You are, you are, you're gone, man. And it was by far the most beautiful experience I have ever had in my whole entire life. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll give it a go. And I said to Phil, I'm going first. Cause if I see you crawling around like that, oh, there's no way I'm going to do it. Um, and then I had my experience and it was just absolutely, um, life changing. And, uh, honestly, but for the next 10 to 12 months after that experience, um, the integration of that, of what I experienced was extremely difficult. It took me to, um, I felt like I went crazy at one point. I felt like I went through depression. I, de I definitely went through depression to the absolute depths for about uh, six months. I was in depression and I had to pull myself out of it. That was one of the hardest times of my life. Um, uh, getting out of that hole and uh, it was super, super intense. But I, what I learned from the experience was uh, this is the biggest lesson I've ever learned from, um, from that experience and from life in general is do not attach or judge the experience that you're experiencing. If you start to attach some good, bad, whatever you want to attach to it and start grasping at it, um, the universe will throw it at you twice as hard and to make sure you learn the lesson. So the only way through any despair or challenges that you have is to surrender to the experience, mm -hmm. surrender. Like I cannot, like that's the gift I got from it. You must surrender to the experience. And um, it's, it's just an experience. Don't label it good or bad. Don't label it. You don't know what lessons are going to come from that experience. So, um, and the other massive, massive, massive lesson is impermanence. No experience will last forever. Not the good, not the bad and to uh, embrace the experience, whether it's good or bad, and don't judge, just accept acceptance of the, of the experience and know yeah. that it's not, it's not forever. Even the bad times, it's not that's forever. That's right, so, that's 100%. You know, when I, was in, yeah. when I was in the army, we used to have a saying that was embrace the suck. <laughs> so if one. something was bad, just embrace it and, and enjoy it, and then it'll be over soon yeah. enough. It's so funny. And like the perspective you have in, in, the, in the actual instance when you're experiencing something shit, um, it's so easy to get caught up in your mind and just, you know, it becomes a massive deal and your mind grabs hold of it. I was talking to my brother today. He's like, oh, you know, this is why my mind never turns off because I'm always thinking about work, uh, like designing. He was designing logos. I'm like, yeah. Phil, that's not you. That's, that's bloody everyone. If you've got an issue, your mind will grab hold of it and try and solve it. And it, it does it for everything. It's just trying yeah. to solve it, trying to fix it. Um, and that's where meditation really comes in and, and, and you know, you, you kind of, you calm the monkey mind and um, you learn to kind of let go of those, those thoughts that are coming in and you, 
uh, yeah, but surrender to the experience. Don't grasp anything and nothing and impermanence, man. They're, they're my biggest lessons and takeaways I've had through my life so far. Um, uh, yeah. So with the, with this experience you had with your, with the feeling of love from your, your feet up to your head, is that mm. similarly like when I do, cause you know, I've been doing same Chinese Kung Fu for a long time. And when I meditate on demand, <clears throat> when I'm doing, sorry, Qigong on demand, every time I breathe in, I can get the chi flow to rush from yeah. my head down to my feet with it's every, little, every it's, breath in. It's a little bit different to chi. Um, cause I'm, it's a similar energy, but I think chi's just a little bit more concentrated and um, not, it's not the whole, like I have experienced this through meditation um, when in my Vipassana, Vipassana or Vipassana, however you want to say it, mm. um, I experienced the, it's, it's called bliss. It's when your body gets into a bliss state. So yeah, see, I can do it now with meditation as well. The same yeah. feeling as I could only used to get from doing chi. Yeah, so it, it, it could be your chi energy. Um, I, like, I, I haven't experimented enough with qigong to understand and the chi. I've, like, I'm, I've been doing kung fu for a year and a half. So, um, but from, from my meditation, I can uh, get to a point of blissfulness where it almost feels like every cell's vibrating yep. throughout your whole body. Um, like, you can just feel all your cells vibrating yep. and you almost, almost become uh, like weightless and. Mm-hmm. Um, just extremely present. It's a, it's a really beautiful. If you can try and emulate that into your training, it'll make a massive difference. I bet. Like being present. Yeah. yeah. I have enough trouble. I have enough trouble breathing at the moment, Jeremy. (laughs) I'm like, I do my jogs and do all my, my fighting forms. And I just like, don't hold your breath, James. It's like, yes, that's the big, big problem. Everyone holds their breath. Yeah. Um, so, so what? Looking from the outside, it looks like you lost connection with with your brother Phil, and then yep. you went on this amazing journey. Yeah. To, to reconnect with your brother, just out of out of love. Out of love, out of love, and it was it was something that was completely top of mind uh, throughout every experience I was experiencing in life. It was like I, for one, ayahuasca was calling me. Like it was, mm. it's this weird. They say it calls you, but it was calling me, man, and I'm. It was like a thirst that could not be quenched um, until I finally had that experience. And it's like, I haven't touched a psychedelic since. So that was five years ago. I have absolutely no desire to do psychedelics again. I'm happy meditating and getting and having the physical experience. Um, one thing, another thing I got from, um, from this experience as well, is you see a lot of spiritual people, they go, they go really high and they stay high and all this blah, 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 la, la, la land. And they're just so high that they lose their humanity and they lose their grounding in this reality. And mm. Buddha has, I think Buddha calls it the middle way. And it's the, understa- it's the understanding of being grounded, but also having the understanding of the universe and, you know, being in the middle way and, and embracing both, both and living with both. And I think that's something you really, I think that's really important in life is to embrace this experience that you're having in this physical form, but also understand the, um, the relevance of your, the big picture and the universe and how you connect with it all. So um, I, lo- I love that philosophy too, you know, being the middle way. This is my little man, James. Do you want to say hello? Hey, bud. Hello. Hello. Hey, mate. How are you going? What's your name? Good. William. William. How are you going, William? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm going absolutely great. <laughs> Uh, I gotta keep going, mate. Going with mum. Okay, bye. See you you later.
Ah, live television. Honestly, I can't wait to have kids. That's, that's my next adventure is to settle down, have kids and a family. I'm looking forward to that adventure. So that's what your, um, what your, your next step, you think? In that is my next step. Years? Yeah, I, like I'm, I feel like also most people uh, spend their lives searching for the big question, like why are we here? What are we doing? Mm. You know, what, what is God? What is blah, blah, blah. I, from the experience I've had, I feel very content with, um, I, don't, I don't have any questions anymore. And the biggest thing I got from the experience as well was it's a paradox. It's all a big paradox. Um, there's no question because there's no answer. It's like we exist, but we don't exist. And it's um, to understand that on this really deep level that um, I've been gifted. Um, it's almost a blessing and a curse though, because it's something I can never shut out. I can never unsee, can never or unsee un- it. Yeah. I can never unsee it. So it's, it's, it is a, it's, I would say it's a burden to carry. The, so it's like this, the old blue pill, yeah. red pill yeah. from the yeah, matrix. Back in, yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to know. In. I don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So, um, yeah, it's, it's totally matrix style. Like, uh, be careful what you wish for. Cause if you go down that hole, you can't unsee or un- once you, and it's, it's a remembering as well. Just remember that it's a remembering. It's not something any of us don't know already. And when you yeah. go to this place, it is truth and it is a remembering. You go, it's like you've been there, you are there. It's like, it's just having that awareness now. And um, I, th- having I, think, that, yeah. I think also there's just so much noise in life now. You mm-hmm. know, back back a thousand years, there wasn't that, that much noise. And, and, yeah. and the native people had that connection with the land and they didn't actually yep. have to go to this extreme of taking um, psychedelics and, and medicines. They were just inherently already aware and, and already knew. Yeah. You know? um, for sure, man. And I think we've, we've lost that connection with nature and you can see just the way the commerce has happened around the, around the earth and how we've, we kind of just, it's just profiteering and uh, we're not really care. You know, what is important? The planet's the most important thing. That's our home. And how, how do we lose sight of that along the way? Like how did, how did money become more important? How did wealth and um, it's just, yeah, and the way there's one answer animals. to that, James, and it's ego. Yeah, true, true. Everything, every yeah. every problem in the world is all all stems from from that. Uh, and I feel, yeah, I mean, you look at you only go to the dentist usually if you've got a problem. I feel like we learn, you know, human. I I, I have great faith in humanity. I think we can uh, we can come to our senses, but it's going to take, you know, and it, it is taking big things to change it now and and show us that you know show us where we where we're doing the wrong thing and you know well, the, I, the empirical evidence so far is human beings change when they have to yeah well that yeah exactly and that's mm. you know that's that's definitely the way i see it as well um like i can really envision co2 scrubbers and stuff like that operating in big farms to keep the air clean and stuff like that because it'll get so bad that we'll have to do it yeah right and like this is the, my attitude right Fair enough. You don't believe in climate change. Fair enough. That's, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But why does that stop you from treating your home, home well? Yeah. Like, why can't you just treat your home with respect what? and it deserves? What's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> What's the worst? Yeah. Nothing. Well, yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't tell me you go to, like, Outback Australia, like Airs Rock. I'm sure you've been out, out there and, and experienced the air quality there. And then go to Sydney. Mm. And and try and take big five five big breaths in the middle of the CBD, you know. Yuck. Yeah, it's it's obviously an issue, but 
this spiritual experience you've had has obviously impacted your, your business. Yes. And, and so what, what positives have you taken away that you, that you can implement, you've implemented in, in your business that, um, and, well, and helped? Both in business and personal life, I only do what I love now. I will not, I will not do stuff that I don't like to do. Um, and it may, that may say, sound selfish to some people, but I follow my passions um, and my passion is to design and grow. The, and my business is my passion. I just love it. Um, I appreciate all the learnings that come with that as well. Um, in business, what's a really great... Um, You're it's given an, me... An analogy. An analogy. Uh, it's given me a really... For one, for one really good thing that it... it and I've, I've never been this way anyway, but I have never done what I do for money. Yes, yep. uh, I have to make money. But I've never, that's not been why I do what I do. And my, the, main, the main reason I do what I do is to help people. And if I can help that through branding and websites and, and helping their business grow, whatever that looks like, if I can help them, that's my, I get such a kick out of that. And I think that whole spiritual experience um, really helps you understand that it's not about you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's about others and how you can serve. And um, the biggest gift we can give people is to serve and help, help humanity and help just, and I like, honestly, that's my drive in life is to help people. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I bring that through with my business and my clients. I, I create authentic connections with my clients and I, I, I just want to help them grow. I want to solve their problems and, um, in an extremely ethical and honest way and whatever I can do to help them and do the best job that I can do and build relationships. And, um, and I think that's, that's where all business is heading in from now onwards. I think, building that authenticity and the transparency and um, you know, with your, with your team and with your, yeah, with your customers. I just, I, I just don't see how you can survive otherwise. And, um, and looking at like, I, I could, if I wanted to change my business model and send all of my um, work overseas to cheap farm, all my web design work overseas. I could do that. I could um, farm off design work and just become uh, outsourced uh, office. I could do that. And I could probably make twice as much money doing that. But you know, but it's not about um, money. It's not about money. It's about being ethical. It's about um, supporting our local community and our local economy, and uh, giving people, giving like other Australians jobs in Australia and delivering. Especially really now. Hot, especially Forest. now, yeah. yeah. So uh, giving, you know, supporting our community. That's support. Here's the thing: support the community that supports you. Like, yeah. yes, I want to help overseas um, through poverty and things like that, but I also want to help my home and help the people help the community that supports me. So I think give, keeping it in, uh, you know, keeping it in your local area and helping support your community is really, really important. We do, um, we have a, a charity called MOB uh, mob Academy and they're men of business and we're founding fathers of this charity where we help um, support the troubled uh, only men. So it's uh, only young, young men that have trouble with, authority they have trouble with the schooling system 11 12 year uh, grade 11 grade 12 sorry yep. um troubled kids that do not fit in the system they're struggling even to turn up to school we've we've um helped create uh, the academy in southport in, on the gold coast to really help make these men better men and uh, we've our, our ethos is and they were, we're all like other business owners and entrepreneurs that are helping build the school mm-hmm. uh, brick mm-hmm. by brick, helping change the community. Once again, supporting the community that supports us. And um, 
you know, our theory is if we can change these men to become better men, they're going to, they're going to become better fathers, better husbands, better brothers, better sons, and it's going to affect the community in all these other different ways. So um, yes, it is kind of segmented just to men, but I think, you know, with depression and all things that are happening with, with the, the men, males community, I, I, I just think, well, we, we feel very um, connected to this, to this um, charity and, um, we want to help them as uh, however we can. So we've done all their branding and their website and we go in there and we mentor, mentor the boys. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really rewarding to, uh, to be a part of that and, and to give back. And once again, serving, if we can serve. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's really, really good, James. You're, you're, you're an amazing human being. And um, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like I, I met you fairly early in my in my own business journey, and it was it was quite interesting. I think at the first seminar we went to, we I sort of just gravitated towards you, and and we both have similar interests with the martial arts and stuff like that. It was it was just really weird. It was obviously what yeah. what I needed at the time, you know. It's funny how the universe works like that. Um, it's very funny. Um, we're just about out of time. Um, is if anyone has any questions or, or um, any comments, is there any way they can get in touch with you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, no problems. Yeah. If you want to find me on Facebook, I got yeah, um, and just direct message me if you have got any questions. Especially around, I guess around psychedelics or anything like that. I've done a lot of that stuff. Mm. Obviously, um, all overseas. So don't um, I don't. <laughs> Don't uh, yeah, condone breaking very, the law. <laughs> yeah, I don't condone breaking the law. Uh, and um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. And I, the biggest advice I can do is do it. If you're really serious about it, find um, a shaman that, that can support you and take you through your journey because it's not something you should play with randomly. Yeah, it's very, very serious, serious business. A lot of um, research, a lot of research. And yeah. um, if, if you could give me a list of books, I'll post that on the, on the um, episode notes as well. Um, cause oh, I've got yeah, down cool. here, the, 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 power of now by Eckhart Tolle, but if there's any others, I can put them up on, on later. Uh, yeah, sure, man. I've, I've got a few good books, um, that, uh, definitely can help. All right. Well, awesome. thanks for your time. You're an incredible human being. You have an amazing story. Thanks. Thanks so much for giving us the time to, to tell it. No worries, man. And if you ever want me back to chat about some more, any time, oh, man. No problem at all. We'll definitely have you back. Thanks, James. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, Jeremy. See ya.